Welcome to Delight in the Truth, where the truth of the gospel changes lives. Hi, I'm your host, Ronnie Joyce, and I have been looking so forward this week to recording this episode. Last week, we talked about why we should be reading our Bibles for ourselves every day. We have to do this every day for ourselves because just think about it as you've probably heard this analogy before. If you don't eat except once a week, one meal a day, one meal for that day for an entire week, you're going to starve. <laughs> it's not going to help you to eat one meal to, to nourish your body. You're going to, you're going to whittle away to, to nothing. And your spiritual life is the same way. You need more of God's word every day in order for your spirit to be fed and nourished. So that said, I gave you three reasons why we should first, to know God. That is the most important reason why we read our Bibles. You want to know the God that you serve. The second reason why you should read the Bible for yourself every day is so that you know who you are. We talked about the world is never going to tell you who you truly are. People aren't going to tell you who you are. You're a sinner in need of a savior. Um, and this, and it tells us how we are to live as believers. God's word tells us how we are to live as believers. And the third reason why we should read the Bible for ourselves every day is so that we can understand this world God has placed us in. Now that we know how important it is to read God's word, we want to get into it. If you are anything like me, when I started this, this journey with God, I, I didn't really know where to start. I started by just finally sitting down and saying, okay, I am going to read one Psalm a day, just one Psalm a day. And I'm going to sit down for 15 minutes every day and just read one Psalm. And I prayed and I asked God to bless that time. I cannot tell you how much he blessed that time. That 15 minutes turned into a half hour and into an hour into before I knew it, I would be spending, I would drop my kids off at school, sit down with my, with my uh, Bible and my commentaries and my study guides, my study tools. And I would be sitting there. And then I look up and it's time to pick up my kids <laughs> and I didn't feel like I wasted one minute. It is God does that. I want that for you. I want you to sit down with God's word and lose track of time because it's so good. It's just, it's just that good. So today I'm not going to start with study tools. Um, we'll, we'll build to that, but today I'm just going to start with some very basic tips to get you ready to start to study God's word. This, this is going to be sort of a two part podcast today. Uh, the first part is going to be just like to, to get you prepared to sit down with God's word. So we're, we're going, we're going to get real elementary here. This is what I needed. Some talk to me like a five-year-old kind of stuff. So if that feels condescending to you, then this is probably not the episode, uh, you want to watch because I really want to make it simple. I want to make it really basic for, for those of you who think like me, who need it basic. What I want to do is start with the first half. Like I said, was preparation before you ever open up God's word and sit down and say, I'm going to read X, Y, Z book. I want you to prepare your space, your time and all of that. So that when you sit down, you have no excuses. So we want The reason for preparation is so that we have no excuses. We can get, we can alleviate all the lies we tell ourselves for why we're not doing this. We can cut away all the distractions that will draw us away when we finally sit down. 
we can't say we were, it, look, it's going to be hard. I, I won't say, I was going to say, stop telling ourselves it's hard. It is hard, but anything worth having takes hard work and it makes it worth it. But we do want to just cut away all the distractions and all the excuses. The second half is going to be about what we do on the day that we sit down and study. Don't come to this video with Bible in hand. You can come with note, notebook <laughs> and pencil, write down these points. But I want you to actually put this into practice for, you know, at least a week before you sit down to study. So you can take a book, a small book or something and, and, and work through this and see how it works for you. But I want you to put these things into practice first. Okay. So let's just jump right in. Um, tip number one is be awake <laughs> or get awake. That seems obvious, but there is a rumor out there that you have to read the Bible in the morning because Jesus got up early in the morning to pray. I have tried that and I can tell you there are two kinds of people in the world and they are morning people and non-morning people. And I am not a morning person. I have tried, I have prayed and I have prayed and God has not allowed this for me. I mean, <laughs> I have set early in the morning and just, it felt like the words are bouncing off of my face. So if you're like me, <laughs> then let yourself off the hook. It's going to be okay. My husband's the kind that gets up in the morning. He bounces off out of bed and he <sighs> stretches and he, it's a, like, it's like everything about him goes, it's a good day. <laughs> doesn't even have to say that, but everything about him is like, oh, let's get the day started. I get out of the bed. I mean, I throw over the blanket and I, oh, I lay there for a minute and I roll over to my side and I press myself up out of the bed and I sit there for a few seconds. Okay. Look, my brain is just not, it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> so I have to get moving in the morning. So be awake or get awake. So if you're like my husband, be awake. Just get up and go do this thing. If you're like me, get awake. So how do we get awake? Have a cup of coffee. It's okay. Like you're supposed to just trust God to wake you up in the morning. And okay, I've tried that. Like I said, it, it, it didn't work for me. Now it might work for you. Can't, I'm not saying it won't. It just don't. I need coffee um, or a five-hour energy. <laughs> so... Um, I need something that's going to wake up my brain, grab your coffee or your strong tea or your five hour energy. If it's healthy and good for you and isn't going to give you a heart attack or something crazy, do it. The second thing is to find a destination, a quiet place. This, okay. So you want to let it be the same place every day. If you find a place that you expect to go to every morning, we want to make this time as easy as possible. And you want it to become second nature. Don't seek out new places every day. Try to come to the same place every day. It's, it'll help you develop a habit. As far as picking this place, try not to do this in the, at the last minute, like when you're getting ready to study. You want to test this place for about a week. And okay, this may seem really drawn out and silly even, but I promise you it's not. So the reason for this is what tends to happen is you sit down with your study and you think you, you have the nice or the best place. Your chair is nice and comfortable, but then once you've been there for 15 minutes, it's, it, you find that it's, it's not as comfortable as you thought it was. And you're fidgeting and you're moving and you're trying to get comfortable in this chair or 
you realize that the little table that you set up to read from is too small for your concordance and your other tools and all these other, and so that's not working. Or you find that you're right under a vent and the air keeps kicking on and you're freezing or you're sweating or whatever. So you want to test out this spot. Come every day and sit in, in that same spot and kind of see if it's really comfortable or not. You want to check things like the temperature. When the, is, I mean, depending on what time of the year it is, is, are you under a vent? Is it going to be comfortable for a few minutes and now too hot or comfortable and too cold? Check your table, um, make sure nothing's wobbling. Check your chair, see if it's comfortable enough to curl up in, and, but not so comfortable you curl up and go back to sleep. You know, we wanna make sure you're comfortable, but awake. Um, check the lighting. The lighting is so important. You're reading and you're, it's, it's so cozy, but you can't see what you're reading. Make sure you have your glasses, you know, um, you know checking all these kinds of things. The third thing is choose a designated time. Okay, so you wanna come every day like it's an appointment. Every day at the same time. Again, this is one of those things you wanna try out during the, during the week. You might find that nine o'clock, you're perfectly awake, you've been up for an hour and a half and you're, you're um, fully awake. This is a great time of day, but that seems to be the, the time that your little ones need breakfast or it's snack time or, <laughs> you know, I have my grandson here all day and, and nine o'clock is snack time, Mimi, snack time. So snack <laughs> time can't be the time I'm sitting around doing my Bible. So check the time and make an appointment. Okay. This is important. This making it an appointment. We have a really bad habit of saying we want to spend time with God, but letting everything else get in the way. We would never do this at work. You go into work every day. You go in at a set time every day. If you have to check into work at eight, you're not coming at eight 15. If you do that too often, you get fired. If you call a meeting with your executives and they all get there and you show up 15 minutes late, that does not look well on you. And if you do that very often, you don't have a job. So why is it that we treat God less than that? We show up at our meetings on time because that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, yeah, I know we get paid for that, but that paycheck is nothing in comparison to what we get from God when we sit down and learn who he is every day spend time with him. We get eternity for this people. <laughs> so I don't know about you. Paycheck, eternity, paycheck, eternity. I think I want eternity with Jesus. That's far more important. I mean, I, I goof off a little bit here. I joke, but I'm serious. I'm really serious. God is way more important than your job. It is because of him, you have your job. So please don't treat him as if he's less than your boss at work. If you're not late to a meeting for your boss, don't be late coming into your time. I, I can hear it right now, but this is, this sounds like legalism. It's not legalism. It's saying what's, it's saying what's priority to you. This isn't legalism. This is simply priority. Um, we prioritize things in our lives all the time and no one's calling out legalism when we do it. Let's just be honest here. We are putting God in a place he does not belong. 
All right, we won't beat that dead horse any further. Um, so you're going to choose a time. You're going to schedule it like you're getting paid. Okay. Um, because you are, <laughs> it's a, and your paycheck is much better. Uh, the fourth tip is to get prepared. So what you're going to do is make sure you have everything in your space, a comfortable chair, a table of some sort. You want a table. You don't want to be trying to balance all this stuff in your lap. You're going to have your Bible your coffee or your five hour energy drink, <laughs> your notepad. You're going to need pencils or pens, whichever you choose. If you're going to use a pencil, make sure it has an eraser. You don't want to be having to go get up and trek down a, an eraser. Um, I use pencils because I lay, I make lots of mistakes. I like to erase. If you're, once we get into some of the study tools, you may want to use colored pencils. I know with Kay Arthur's, um, inductive Bible studies. She encourages color pencils or crayons. I use, um, both color pencils and crayons depending on what I'm, I don't know, just what I feel like grabbing that day, um, or markers or, wh or whatever. Okay. So you'll also need a good commentary, a Bible concordance, a Bi or Bible dictionary. I'll give you some really good ones that I have found to be good. I'll try to put those in the notes. Let's see. Yeah. So you, those are really good tools. So you want your, your, your Bible, a Bible dictionary to look up Bible words, not any dictionary, because we want to know the, what the biblical word was not the American word. So we want to understand what the Hebrew said or the Greek. We don't need to know what the English means unless you've you find what the Greek meant first, and then you understand you, you, if you don't understand that word in its fullness in the English, then, then you want to look at it in the, in the English translation. So it's fine to have a regular dictionary for those cases, but not to look up your, your Bible words, a Bible dictionary is best. Have a note outside your door. <laughs> you can have a note that says to your kids, I don't know, do not disturb unless you're bleeding or the house is burning down. You know, I used to actually have a note like that. <laughs> it's so sad. I used to put a note outside of my closet. I literally used to study in my walk-in closet. It was a small walk-in closet and all the clothes made the sound so nice and muffled. And my kids knew that when mommy was in the closet, we didn't bother mommy. <laughs> I used to put a note out the door. I am studying. Do not come in unless you're bleeding or the house is on fire. That stopped being funny for them. So I don't know, maybe you leave that part off. <laughs> anyway, so that was part one. So all these things need to be done and practiced or rehearsed before you ever pick up your Bible. You want to know that the space isn't, isn't going to turn out to be weird or uncomfortable or distracting to you. Um, you need to know that the time that you chose is going to work and it's not going to be, I mean, some, I mean, I get it. Life happens. Sometimes you're going to have to, to, you know, and I, God is, uh, he, he understands, he, he knows that, uh, life happens and he gets that. So don't be dogmatic, but tr like I said, if you treat your boss with the respect that you show up on time don't treat God with less respect than you treat your boss. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So part two, now that you have 
set up your space and your time and you're wide awake and you've been, you've tried out your spot for a week or so. And it is the perfect spot. Everything is good. No one's knocking on the door. No, it's not knack time. It's for anybody. You are not under event. You're everything is perfectly good. You have your pencils and your notepad and your Bible and all your stuff. You got a table big enough to hold it. It is time to prepare to study. This is the part that happens on the day you study. So I'm going to just give you a couple things that you're going to do before you open up the book. Okay. Very first thing is you want to get quiet and still with God. This is hard for a lot of us to just get quiet and just allow our minds, um, to focus in on God. Okay. This isn't, um, this isn't that this is meditation, focused meditation on God. So that we're not emptying our minds. We're not doing any of that stuff. God created our minds to be full with him, to, to, love him. So we want to love the Lord, our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we love him with our minds. When we focus on him, we fix our eyes on God, a really good passage, uh, to help you do this. At least this passage helps me when I'm buzzing and I'm all over the place and I want to pull it back and understand who I'm coming in front of. Um, I'm going to have you, you can, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn here with me or you can just listen. I'm turning to Ecclesiastes five verses one and two. We want to remember who we are coming before. We want to remember, fix our eyes on, meditate on the holiness of the one we're coming to sit in front of. This book is about God. It is about the Holy one. So we want to remember that when we come before him. So listen to this verses one and two of Ecclesiastes guard your steps. When you go to the house of God, go near to listen rather than offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart or utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. This is a time to come before God and recognize who he is. Let your words be few. Don't come rushing into the presence of the holy making promises you're not going to keep asking for things, whatever, just come and be still, come and sit. Don't offer the sacrifice of fools. (laughs) We don't want to come and offer the sacrifice of fools. We want to come before God, acknowledging that he is awesome. Just meditate think about him. It's what I tend to do is, is just try to visualize God on his throne. That scene that you see in, um, Isaiah where the, the angels are around the, the throne and they're 
holy, holy, holy. And the sound is like rushing waters and thunder. God is mighty and he is powerful and he is awesome. And this is who we get to come and sit at his feet and listen to. Come prepared to listen. You're coming to listen to what he has to say, not add to. You're not telling God, you're, you're hearing from God. Okay. So that's the very first thing we want to do. We want to come to God with a heart ready to listen in this time of quiet. You're not praying or talking or asking or any of that. You're meditating, you're thinking deep thoughts on God. Okay. Um, again, this is, this is not emptying your mind. This is not this mystical stuff. God tells us to meditate on his word, think on his word. So we meditate on God, thinking on, on God, thinking of his holiness as loving and as wonderfully sweet as God is. He is holy. He is absolutely holy. This is a time for fixing your heart on God. Spend the first five minutes or so doing that. Just spend some time doing that before we do anything. And the very second thing we're going to do after we have set our hearts right with understanding of who we're coming before, we're going to pray. Now we're going to speak. Because once you've come before that holiness, you recognize that you shouldn't even be there. It should do something to your heart. You should be able to come to God in this moment and recognize he has invited you in. And now you can ask of God. And my prayer for you is that in that time, you'll be able to ask rightly because you've come before holiness and you won't come offering, you know, the sacrifice of fools. So now you're going to pray and you're going to pray that, that God will grant you humility to recognize you don't know. And that in your humility, you're going to come to him and ask that he might show you not that you might go and find, but that he might reveal to you because quite frankly, he's the one who does the revealing. We, we, we can't, we can't know anything about God. He has to reveal himself to us. So we want to pray and ask him that he might reveal himself to us in his word. Um, and then we need to believe that he will, right? I mean, how often do we ask with that hesitation in our heart that he doesn't, he's not going to show up. We have an idea of what it looks like when he shows up. And if he doesn't do that, well, he may not show up the way you think he will, but he will show up. Um, you have to believe that he's going to, this is a really good time to practice asking God to help you with your unbelief. If you feel like that hesitation, that you're not going to believe that you don't believe you're not sure if he's going to show up, ask God to help you with your unbelief. He will absolutely help you with your unbelief. Number three, first place first, before you start to read the chapters, um, go, I mean, every book, every, um, study Bible, at least for sure has, um, these, the introduction at the, at the front of every chapter, every, um, uh, book, it'll have like the dates and the author and things like all that information about who wrote the book, who is it for the time period and all that. We want to start there. The reason for this is this helps us get the book in context. So I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. Context is king. It is key. You cannot make the Bible say 
today something it didn't say back then. It has to, whatever God was saying through his prophet or through his disciples, whatever he was saying then is what he means today. So we can't go and change the meaning because we have something going on and this seems to speak to what you're saying. Once you get it in context, you'll know that it's whether or not it is actually speaking to you in your circumstance and how it needs to be applied. So once you understand the context of the, what, you know, what's going on, the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, the, you, you're going to ask those questions throughout your study time. But this introduction at the beginning of the Bible helps you get into the mindset of what's going on with this particular letter or um, historical document or whatever you, whichever this Psalm, this, whatever you're reading. Um, it helps to break that down for you. So you know who wrote it, who, you, who they wrote it to and why they wrote it. There's a reason for why they write every one of these um, books. They, every, there, was, there was a reason. There was something going on. There was a reason why the prophets were prophesying. There was a reason for what the prophets were telling the people at the time. So you want to understand what was going on in the culture at that time, what was going on with the people, this particular people group. And so you need to be able to understand what was going on with this group of people. So you know that you can take that and add it to what's going on or how to apply that to the circumstances in your life. Remember, without understanding the who, what, when, where, and why of the verse, you will almost always apply the scriptures wrongly to your life almost always (laughs) the scriptures cannot say to you today what it didn't say to them. Then that's really important. God isn't progressive. He doesn't changing over time. He isn't saying something one way to you while saying something one way to someone else. All right. Number four, now it's time to read the passage. When you start to read, understanding the context, you're going to start to read your verses within whatever book you've chosen to read. And as you read, you're going to ask questions of the text. There's so much, so many things you can get tied down to, uh, weighed down with right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to scale way back and we're going to start with something really basic for the, the beginner. And then as you grow a little, as we do more podcasts, I will start to introduce other things we would ask of the text. But the very first thing we're going to start to ask of the text is who is God in this text? I know we're going to, we want to know who the author is, who the audience is and all these other things. We're going to get a a broad sweep of that when we read the introduction and we're going to go deeper in that later. But for now, the scripture is about God. It's not about us. So before we start trying to figure out how it applies to our lives, let's understand who God is, how he's acting. This is so important. We read the scriptures so that we might know God. So let's start to first ask God who he is in these passages. As we read, ask God to reveal himself in the passages, especially those passages where people aren't um, necessarily using God's name. They're not saying Jesus. They're not talking about God in general. Like the book of Esther, the book of Esther doesn't mention God at all. But it's got him, you see him all over the place. What is he doing in the book of Esther? How is he saving his people, redeeming his people? How does what they believe about God rise up in the text? Things like that. So just asking God who he is regarding this passage. This is where your notebook comes in. Because as you ask the question, you're going to start jotting down as you read. You write your question down and then you'll start seeing things pop up 
then you'll start to write, God doesn't seem to like it when his children walk with the wicked. <laughs> you know, he blows away the wicked like chaff. This tells you something about God, yet he delights in those who walk in his ways. He comes to the rescue of his children. When does he come? Does he always come? Like as soon as we get in trouble? No, you will find that David is like, when are you coming? Like, where are you? And, and why are you not saving me right now? Sometimes he doesn't come right away. We start to learn how God functions with his people. So the second question you want to know of the text is what does this text mean to the people that are hearing it? Before you can go and apply it to your life, you have to know what the text is about to the person hearing it, the original hearer of the text. I always look, look for God first because the scriptures are about God. I want to know how God is acting in this passage. And then I want to know what he says to the people he's talking to. I want to know what this is meant for, what they're being told, um, how they're being told to act, what warnings are being told to them. And I jot all those down. You want to start writing those, those down as well. You want to know what the, what the text says to the people who are hearing the text in its original giving of the text. Okay. And then lastly, at least for now, <laughs> um, we're, we're going to ask, how do I apply this to my life? See, so now it's time that we can start looking at what was being said to them and making a little bridge from Old Testament to now or to, from New Testament to now, trying to find the principles we found in the text and applying it to our lives today. Be prayerful. Ask God to to. Um, help you to see what he, what it is he might be wanting you to change or to think about and start processing through how to apply these things to your life today. The very last thing that you want to do, once God raises something to the surface, he wants to be dealing with you do it. And that's key. There is simply no reason to come to God's word looking for something if you have no intentions to do what God has asked you to do. We can't always come looking for the promises without the portion that he gives us to do. All of God's promises are if then situations. If we do these things, I will, you, I mean, if you do these things, I will do these things. We have to be obedient in love to God. That's huge to me. It's like, what, there is seriously no point in this if you don't intend to do what God asks you to do. <laughs> we have to be willing to look at our lives against the scriptures in the mirror of scripture and see if our lives line up to that, not to anybody else's life, but to the scriptures. And if it doesn't ask God to help you to change it, pray about it, tell them whatever, you know, if you don't, if it's one of those things that you just, Oh, I, I don't want to change this. Say that, tell God, you don't want to change it, but you know, you need to, there's so many things. I mean, we do things for years and years and years. They become our habits. And then we, we read something in scripture and it goes absolutely against what we've been doing all this time. We've come to love these things and we don't want to let them go, but we must. If we are to live the kind of life God has called us to, we must. We have to trust that his way is best. It is the best way for us. He would only do these things to protect us, to grow us, to make us more like Jesus. And sometimes they hurt and we take that to our father and tell him this, the thought of letting this go hurts, but I know that it's good for me because you said so. 
please help me in my heart to be okay with this, you know? So, all right. Believe it or not, this is a real simplified (laughs) way to read the Bible. We're going to get into some deeper things later, but um, I really wanted to make this simple. Some of you may be thinking, you think this is simple? It really is. There's a lot more to learn when it comes to reading the Bible, to make it a part of your life. There's a lot that goes into it, but we start with baby steps. You know, we need to crawl before we can walk. And this is a really good way of doing it. Once you get used to asking these questions, some of the other parts become easier because you get this found really basic foundation down and you can start to build on that. So next week, we're going to start to jump into some of the tools that we could use in learning how to read the Bible. By then you will have, have uh, you will have practiced your time, the, your, your meeting time and your space. And you would have gone over, you would have found out if it's too cold or too less, I mean, too, too comfy or whatever you need to adjust to find that, that new space. You would have hopefully found that perfect space to come and meet with your father And I pray, I will be praying for you that you will, that you will come. Let me just pray for you now. Glorious father, uh, I I thank you for all those who desire to know you. I thank you that I have been given this privilege to come and just share these things that you've taught me. I really do pray that whoever hears this video, that they will take these things seriously and they will come. Father, I pray that you will pave the way for them, that their hearts will desire to know you and to come and be with you. I pray that they will put you first, that they will acknowledge in their hearts that you are far more important than anything or anyone else, that they will make a start of this. I pray, Father, they will be blessed in their time with you. I pray that they will find in your word, oh, a lot of challenges. Um, And I pray that you give them the strength to lay down themselves, to lay down themselves and to take up their cross and to follow you. You are worth it, Father. So I pray all these things that you might be glorified in all of our lives. And I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Alrighty. Thank you for joining me again on Delight in the Truth, where the truth of the gospel changes lives. Delight in the Truth is brought to you every week by Genesis One Biblical Counseling. This program is not counseling via podcast. If you find that you are in need of biblical counseling and would like to set up an appointment, please feel free to contact me at my office at 480-340-1381 or go online to genesis1bc.org for more information or to make an appointment.